0: Welcome to the Only Child Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Have you ever felt like you didn't receive the how-to brochure on life? That you didn't get enough guidance about major life issues? So did I. You don't have to be an only child to feel this way. In my podcast, we'll explore some of the best ways to better navigate adulting while doing so with humor and light. Welcome, everyone, to the Only Child Diaries podcast. The author actually wrote that being an only child was synonymous with mental illness. And I remember just stopping and looking at that page and looking at the words and thinking, are you kidding? Hello. And thank you for joining us on the Only Child Diaries podcast inaugural episode. I'm your host, Tracy Wallace. Yes, I am an only child. And as I have often explained to people, I am an only child of two only children. First, a little history about me, because it's always good to start at the beginning, right? Besides being an only child, I would characterize myself as an overachiever. I started my own business at the age of 22, just out of college. I opened a retail store selling men's clothing. More often than not, I would get comments from people asking me why I wasn't opening a women's clothing store. Most of the people who made these comments were other women. To me, it was pretty obvious. After all, I was a single woman in her 20s. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Why wouldn't I want to surround myself with men all day? Anyway, I had the store for six years, and it was really one of the best learning experiences of my life. But I'll talk more about that in a future episode. After I closed the store, I struggled with what to do next. I really didn't want to continue in retail. I had done that for about 11 years. I wanted to do something that gave back to the community and somehow I found my way into fundraising. I anticipated that I would stay in that field for about 10 years before moving on, but I managed to stay with it for 30 years, raising over $35 million for the agencies I worked for and the clients I served as a consultant. I also volunteered my time as a fundraiser and it was always very satisfying. Here's what I'll say about fundraising. It's a lot of work and a test of patience, but I have enjoyed it as a career. I have always been blessed with a lot of energy. I've always tried to keep busy and have had a lot of irons in the fire at any one time. At the same time, I've been known to do a lot for others and put myself second sometimes. Can anyone out there relate to this? Do I see any hands? Yeah, I thought so. About eight years ago, I took the first steps to satisfying a lifelong dream, and I took my first class in stand-up comedy. I took to it like a duck to water. I absolutely loved it and greatly enjoyed making people laugh. I'll explore this journey in a future episode as well. In my standup, I like to tell stories and often people, especially women, would tell me that they found something relatable to their own life. I've learned to be open about my life and so many people have told me that they benefited from my life story, my journey. I've always felt very strongly that you just have to keep it light whenever possible. Laughing at life, even through the rough times, is so important. You just got to laugh. Before the pandemic started, I started writing a book about my experiences. That is still in process, and a lot of it has to do with my life and some of the things that I've learned that I've shared with people. After the pandemic started and shut down a lot of things, including live comedy, it became difficult to continue performing. I also suffered a string of really devastating losses, which almost broke me, shook me to my core. And I really didn't feel like laughing anymore. These factors led me to start this podcast to share my experiences with people who feel like they didn't get the guidance they needed, but also just to share stories about adulting better in this world. I'm very happy that you have chosen to join me. I hope you'll continue to listen as I move forward and please follow me. I know that as an only child growing up, there were many times when I felt at a disadvantage because I didn't have a sibling to explain things to me or just to watch and observe how they dealt with things that happened. Many years in adulthood, I found another term for it poorly parented. Granted, my parents did the best they could. In those days, there just weren't a lot of resources and information available to parents. One's parenting skills were born out of your own experience growing up. The guidance I received from my parents was minimal, if not non-existent. And when I did get guidance, it was often negative. And so in growing up, I definitely felt that I did not receive the how-to brochure on life. That's how I like to characterize it. And I thought it was really something that only, only children felt. But as I started to talk to people, especially people that have had siblings, I found that a lot of people have felt this way, that they didn't really receive as much guidance as they would have liked or as they needed and so here I am and I'm hoping that I can share more stories with you on this podcast and help you I caution though that I'm not a therapist or a mental health professional just a regular person I hope you find something that is relatable for you and also that we can laugh at the same time because that's really important it's really important to not take our lives too seriously. So let's just dive in. I want to start talking about my upbringing a little bit so that you have some background on how I got to this point. Maybe some of it will be familiar to you. I was an only child. There was a point when my parents were thinking about adopting, but that never worked out. My mom had a very difficult time carrying me to term. And so that's why there was never a question in my parents' mind that I was it. Both of my parents were only children. My dad's father was also an only child. It's just what they knew best. When I was growing up, I was always around a lot of adults. So much so that I was more comfortable around adults than people my own age. My dad was a member of the Masonic Lodge and my parents often took me along to lodge events where I was the only child in the room. I was always with either one or both of my parents. Most of the time I wasn't in school. What I remember is that adults sometimes didn't really know how to relate to a child. So they would say, oh, hello, Tracy, what grade are you in? And I would answer, you know, third or fourth or whatever grade I was in at the time. And then they would say, because they were making conversation, Oh, do you have a brother or sister? And I would say no. And they would reply, Oh, you're an only child. And the conversation would pretty much end there. I remember starting to get some very strange looks from people before they would turn away or they would roll their eyes or just sort of grimace at me. Looking back on it, I think rarely were the people asking only children themselves. As I went through grade school and then middle school or junior high, as we called it, and then high school, I started to realize that this was a trend. Adults would say, hello, what grade are you in? Or what subject do you enjoy the most? And then do you have brothers and sisters? I just got used to the fact that I was going to be an anomaly and I was going to get strange looks as I got older, depending on my mood, but let's face it, I can be a little sarcastic at times. I would get the question and then I would say, yes, I'm an only child. And then I would add in, I'm an only child of two only children. And this is when things got really strange for me because sometimes people would actually take a step backwards from me, thinking that I was some sort of leper or something. I mean, apologies to any lepers that are listening now, but it was very strange. And you can imagine growing up, if this is what's normal to you, that you don't really understand why people are reacting this way. When I was finally able to get myself to the library one day, and this was before computers and before the internet, I remember I went to the library and I decided to look up Only Children and see what the library had to tell me about Only Children. Because I was thinking there's got to be something positive that's written about Only Children. Please. I was desperate. I remember going through the card catalog and then going out into the stacks and I found some books and I started looking through them. And I remember there was this one book and it was looking pretty old at the time. And I remember looking through the first couple pages, the chapters and the and the author actually wrote that being an only child was synonymous with mental illness. And I remember just stopping and looking at that page and looking at the words and thinking Are you kidding? I mean, how backwards is this? I don't remember exactly how old I was, but I think I was in high school at the time. And I thought, this is absolutely ridiculous. Even at the time, I knew that it was wrong. But I looked at the copyright, and maybe it was back in the 40s or something. And I thought, well, poor misguided psychiatrist. That's what he knew. But it still really stuck with me all these years. Anyway, you can't really deny what people want to think, what they're going to think. You just have to be who you are and let that speak for itself. One of the common sayings about only children is that we're spoiled. Now, it didn't help my case that I got my bachelor's degree from USC. Some people call it the University of Spoiled Children. I admit there are a lot of kids who attend the school who are privileged, but there are also a lot of hardworking students. And just because you're attending USC doesn't mean you get a break on earning the grades. I attended the last two years of college there because I really didn't know what school I wanted to attend and was at community college the first two years. It was also an economic issue, of course. My first semester at USC, I took four classes and they were kicking my ass. I was commuting and living at home because I was also working part-time in retail. I missed one final exam by a couple of points, and I ended up getting a C- minus in that class. And the other three classes, I had earned disappointing Cs. So I was placed on academic probation because that C- minus put me under the 2.0. It was a less than stellar start just for those few points on the exam. I had a whole semester of increased hoops to jump through. It didn't endear me to the collegiate process. I didn't feel spoiled. (laughs) There are spoiled people, whether they are only children or not. It doesn't make any difference if you're an only child, but I understand the reasoning behind it. I was not spoiled. And when I look at my parents, especially my mother, she's a prime example. My mother was an only child and she was anything but spoiled. She worked very hard her whole life. She went to school. She didn't get a college degree, but she worked. And then once she had me, she was a homemaker and she worked very hard to keep the house together to take care of my dad to take care of me. And then she took care of her parents until they passed away. She had her own dreams, but she sacrificed her whole life to give to other people. But people will think what they want to think about us onlys. Another reason for my lack of guidance growing up was that my dad, well, he never gave me advice. To me, that was just normal. Growing up, I maybe felt a lack, a lacking of some sort, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. When I was about 18 or 19, I was visiting with my grandfather in a convalescent home. He was still very vital and outspoken. And he was telling me about how, when my dad was growing up, things that he did to take care of him, how he parented my dad. And at one point, he said, you know, I never gave John advice. And I just remember being flabbergasted. This was my real first memory of an epiphany. I remember sitting there and it all hitting me because I realized that my dad never gave me advice because that's the way he grew up. He never got any advice from his dad and it just made so much more sense. So as we go through life, we learn that these things about our past, about our history, Well, we try to make adjustments and we try to learn from them. I think what I've done, I've tried to learn where the gaps are and I've tried to fill them in as best I can. What I have learned about only children is that we're all very independent and we're very self-reliant and these are good qualities. Of course you can be these things if you have siblings. I also learned that I was always kind of jealous of my friends who had siblings because I thought, wow, I mean, they've got people to live with and they're kind of built in friends. And what I learned when I grew up, because most of most of my good friends in school had at least one brother or sister, what I learned later is that they didn't necessarily get along that well and there was a lot of tension at home. They got along better with their outside friends. Some siblings are very close. My husband and his brother are one example of that. My husband is one of four children. So it's been interesting to me to watch the dynamics in his family, as opposed to the dynamics in my family. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about different subjects that maybe you didn't get enough guidance on in your life growing up things that have become issues for me, things that I've navigated my way through that I hope will be helpful to others. We're gonna laugh about some of them. Some of them are gonna be pretty serious, but I think you'll find enjoyment and enrichment around all of the topics. And I'm glad you're here to share with me. I'm also hoping that we'll have some guests along the way. I know there's a lot of famous only children in this world that have done a lot of great things, And I'm hoping that we can have some of them join us and talk with them about their experiences. I remember at one point, I really wanted to prove that only children are great, especially after I saw that library book. And so I started making a running list of only children who were famous that I learned about. And because I'm an overachiever, I was going to interview all of them and write a book about them. So far, that still hasn't materialized. Nowadays, it's very easy to find a list of only children online, but some of them you might or might not know about. Elton John was an only child. Elvis. Betty White. She was an only child. The Weekend is an only child. Adele. John Lennon. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm sure there's lots of interesting stories behind everybody's upbringing, Certainly, and there are reasons why their families chose to have one child. I know that in the past, it was a little bit more of an oddity to have just one child. I mean, if you look back at the war era or before, people did have multiples. It was just more of a common thing. But as we've gotten into the current day, now the percentages of families with one child are increasing for whatever reason. You know, economics, maybe the mother wants to keep her career So maybe it's not as odd of a thing as it used to be. I know that now I'm of a certain age. I don't really get questioned as much like I used to when I was younger. So I'm very thankful for that. I hope you will join us for future episodes. In our next episode, I'm going to discuss dental anxiety, which is something that I've suffered from greatly. I know a lot of people do to an extent I know a lot of people do. I mean, who enjoys going to the dentist except maybe the dentist down the line. I'll also talk about loss and grief because what I found is that this is something that most parents don't really talk to us about. We don't get a lot of guidance on loss and grief in our lives. And I've certainly had my share. We're going to talk about some fun things too. So please stay tuned. I hope you'll visit my Instagram, Only Child Diaries, or Facebook, Only Child Diaries Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us and please share it with a friend you think might like it as well. I'm Tracy Wallace, and these are the Only Child Diaries. Thanks for listening.